guys, and welcome to FTK Q&A, episode 38. I'm not Brett or Joel, uh, I'm Dave. Uh, I was the guest on the last episode of Q&A and um, they, the boys have kindly had me back to uh, take over some hosting duties, which uh, we're definitely on a trial period. We'll see how today goes um, and I'm sure in the next week or two we'll know if I've still got a job or not. Um, but uh, you will have heard me on a few episodes uh, of FTK before, the OG early week show and then um, more recently on the Q&A. But um, a common theme, I guess, with a lot of the discussions uh, that I've had with the boys has been around injury, um, how injuries have come on, how those injuries have made me feel, um, their impact on my mental and physical health and and then just ways that I've managed it and, and turned that into, I guess, a bit of advice and um, stories of personal experience. So because of my own professional interest in running injuries, um, both as a obviously a long-term runner uh, but also as a physio, uh, my goal is to have a few episodes um, talking just about that and kind of going from, uh, from start to finish um, and getting stuck into a little bit more injury talk. There are way more qualified people to talk about injuries though than myself. So over the next little while, I'm going to be bringing in some guests to talk about all the nuances of injury um, right from conception when we first uh, notice something isn't quite right uh, until the other end where uh, we're kind of over that injury and back on our feet. Um, I'll have some other guests too. Uh, I have more interests just uh, than um, physio stuff and injury. Uh, but um, yeah, we'll hopefully scatter scatter a few different things along the way and indulge my own interests. Um, but today, uh, if we're going to start with this, some injury stuff, we need to figure out that starting point and good place to start is that first that first sign or that first indication that something's not quite right and um, and usually that's pain. An injury usually starts when we first perceive um, whether it's a pain, a tightness, um, something just doesn't quite feel how it usually feels or it feels different from one side of your body to the other. Um, pain's obviously been a, a big part of my, my journey as a runner um, and there's obviously injury-related pain. There's obviously also pain, the pain of running and, and running really hard and really fast. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's not always clear how to differentiate those two things. Anyway, as way of introducing today's guest, um, when I first moved back to Melbourne, um, you know, about nine years ago, I, I came back and had a bit of a hip niggle. Um, I didn't have a physio at the time. And so a mate of mine introduced me to a guy called Simon Holt. And I, I trusted the recommendation because Simon was a runner as well. And I think that's something uh, that a lot of runners really want uh, when they're seeking out treatment or help with an injury. They, whether, you know, and whether that's a doctor or an osteo, a chiro, a podiatrist or a physio, they, they want to know that when they enter the, the treatment room that there's going to be some empathy there. Um, there's some, you know, an inbuilt understanding and, uh, you know, shared experience. And so to cut a long story short, Simon managed my hip pain and he, he managed a lot of other injuries of mine over, over the years. Um, but I think the real story is that besides the injury management, um, I just always thought Simon was a, uh, a genuinely good person and a good human being. Every consult was, was more than just injury management. It, was, it always felt really holistic and, and human. Um, of course, we were managing injuries, but I think for Simon and, and I certainly felt this was that he was always, uh, you know, my well-being was always top priority. Um, and his, his care and concern in the end, that was the reason I went back to uni um, to study physio. Um, and then, you know, I graduated and, and Simon gave me my first job. So apart from being a runner and a physio, Simon 
doesn't just look at injuries through a vacuum. And so I felt like he was the perfect person to get on uh, for my first uh, yeah dive into hosting duties. Uh, and today we're going to start it. We're going to start that conversation around where injuries usually start, which is uh, which is pain. Simon, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I appreciate having me on. Uh, it's a thrill to be on FTK, usually hosted by Brett and the other guy. I can't quite remember his name. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. I know it's you, mate. Um, yeah, it's a thrill to be on. I was only slightly disappointed when you said it was you that was going to be interviewing me and not and not them. Understandable. Yeah, no, I'm only joking, mate. After all those lovely words, of course, I'm only kidding. It's a, Yeah, I really appreciate having me on and uh, it's an honour to be uh, your inaugural guest. Yeah. Uh, as uh, you Might be my you. only guest. Yeah, that's true. We'll yeah, see that, how let's, we go. let's hope not. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. Of course. Um, I guess by way of, I guess, further introduction, I'm going to make a confession of my own and and implicate you in it as well. But um, <laughs> you and I, a couple of weeks ago, we went down to Port Ferry for uh, the Port Ferry Marathon, um, went with a few of our mutual friends from our running club. Um, now, as we talk, I, I talked about in the last couple of Q&As, I've been on a, a return from injury journey and, um, you know, for the better part of the last month or month and a half, I've been running three days a week, um, you know, just gradually adding piece by piece. Um, and anyway, I, I went down to Port Ferry with every intention of, um, of jogging a 10K, um, but uh, it didn't quite, didn't quite roll out that way. Um, the day before, uh, you got stuck into me, Simon, um, and said, you know, oh, mate, why don't you just go out and win it? <laughs> it, it? It'll be a piece of piss. Like, don't don't be a pushy pussy. Like, actually, actually, uh, you know, make the most of this trip. I was like, oh, I shouldn't. You know, I'm trying to do all the right things here. Um, anyway, I I did win the next day. I ran, you know, far too fast uh, for for where I should be running at, at this point in my comeback and. I um, conveniently uh, forgot to load it up to Strava, but um, here's my confession, um, and uh, I'm, I'm not taking all the blame. Hmm. Um, but that's probably not your your usual type of advice, is it? Is it, Simon? No, but I think it's actually <laughs> a really good point. Like, um, I did ask a couple of little questions before I <laughs> before I encouraged that. Um, but I think it's a good point. Like, obviously, I've worked with you before as your physio, and and we've had some good success doing that and leading up to some Olympics and stuff. But then over the course of that process, we became really good friends um, and obviously one of my really close mates now. But I think that actually uh, can then become a slight barrier to me being your physio as well. And yeah. I know you're now working with Nick at CB yep. Physio yep. And, yep. And, and, you know, he's a great physio and managing yep. you really, really well. But I think that's good. I think um, sometimes you want someone who can be really objective yeah. in your corner managing these things. and. Um, obviously, it's hard to be objective about yourself. Yeah. But sometimes, when you're really, really close to someone, it's hard to be objective as they're really close mate and their physio as well. So I think it's been a healthy thing that that's transitioned from yeah. our relationship started as being physio yep. client. Yeah. Yeah. Through mutual friends yep. and through that position and yeah. running club, we became yep. great mates. Yep. And I think it's really healthy that then yeah. it's transitioned to you seeing somebody else. Yeah. Now you're just it. purely a bad influence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now I'm allowed to do things like give you shit and, <laughs> uh, and encourage you to do things that you shouldn't otherwise do. <laughs> I think that's a really good point though. And, 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 and to be honest, probably not something that I'd actually considered, but um, that was one of the things that I've talked about is that in my uh, return from injury, I've tried to let go and, and kind of, um, Put control in the hands of of uh, you know more objective eyes and um, and that's and that's probably you know it's it's something that I'm really grateful from our relationship is that it's kind of transcended that treatment room and and um, and we've become really good mates but yeah probably a good point to make is that um, you know sometimes when it gets you know too too comfortable um, you know we we sometimes can't see. Uh, with that really, really objective lens, and and um, it's a good point to make. But um, long story short, I did get through that run. I'm still running, no pain still. Um, but yeah, that's what we're here to talk about today: is pain. And I think 
Um, I know, well, both of us in the, you know, in a physio capacity, we're seeing runners who come in with, with some sort of niggle or pain and, and it's about trying to figure out, you know, what, what is that pain and what does it, what's, what does it mean? And does it mean I have to stop running? Can I keep running? Um, that initial interpretation can be tricky. And so that's what we'll try and, um, I guess, try and make sense of today. So we'll start with the, the biggest question, um, what is pain? <laughs> That's a it's a massive question, right? And yeah. and it and it's got one um, commonly given simple answer that's probably not correct, mm-hmm. and that is you know pain is a response to hurting yourself. Yeah. And I guess there is some truth to that, of course, but it's just far more complex than that. And that's part of the issue because as a result, pain can sometimes be a really unreliable indicator of what's actually yeah. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's both in the positive and the negative as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. sometimes that you can have an injury that is not really giving you any significant pain and so you're yep. blissfully unaware of that until yep. you aren't anymore. Yeah, yep. yeah. And, you know, that's that situation where you've been running and everything is going really, really well and mm-hmm. there's no warning signs and then yep. next minute you've got a stress fracture. Yeah, yep, um, yep. And you've experienced that before. Yeah, it's all, yeah, you build up that sort of tolerance and it's, it's kind of like the the um, perception maybe dulls a little bit. And then probably also on the other end of the spectrum, which I found myself on too, you coming back after a period off and mm-hmm. every little sensation that you yep. feel, you know, is is anxiety driving. You think, oh, no, maybe, maybe, we're, not, maybe we're not healed up yet. Maybe that injury is still there. Yeah, and so that's a really good point too. That, that As I said, there's so many things that feed into your pain experience. Um, and it's not just the extent of the tissue damage. So sometimes yeah. you may have main resolution of that tissue damage, but you get yeah. ongoing pain. So the opposite of that, like you said, yeah. and factors like previous experiences and anxiety towards your injury. And sometimes yeah. you're just aware of the injury because you're mm. hyper aware of the injury. Yeah. And you're almost yep. looking for it. And so that previous experience will influence your comeback. Yeah. Yep. You'll come back. And so yep. that's where pain is really complex as well. But I guess to give like an official definition, mm-hmm. and I actually sort of wrote this one down because it's a bit wordy, but I'm going to mm. give it and then break it down a little bit. So uh, the official definition from like the International Pain Society is that pain is an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience associated with or resembling that associated with actual or pot- potential tissue damage. Yeah. Now, what does that really mean? So I'm going to give you one other example by Laura Mosley, who you know, Dave, yeah, or yep, know yep. of. Pretty prominent and, pain pain uh, scientist and a physio, obviously. Yeah, and so really engaging guy if you like uh, delving into the area of pain and particularly mm. long-standing chronic pain. Yep. Um, he's your man, he's engaging and interesting and, and very knowledgeable. He gives another definition which is pain is an unpleasant conscious experience that emerges from the brain, that's important, mm. from the brain, when the sum of all available information suggests that you need to protect a particular part of your body. Yep. Yep. And so ultimately pain is your body's warning system mm-hmm and protective mechanism yep. aimed at getting you to change a behaviour yep. in order to protect yourself. Yeah, really, really, really good point. And I think um, that's some, you know, Joel and I talked a bit about this in the last episode is kind of the roles that, you know, emotion can play in how we interpret it and then also, you know, the decisions we make about should I run or shouldn't I run and, you know, sometimes, you know, they're the right decisions to make often it's it's clouded by this emotional connection that we might have to to the activity mm-hmm. um, but I think yeah that's it's uh, yeah so far we already know that that pains pains complex we know that it's a it's it's usually a bit of a warning sign um, and then so I guess the next question is to kind of dive a bit more into you know the specifics of it is, you know, obviously you can have different sensations. So sometimes it can be, you know, something that's really sharp. Um, maybe it's just like, as I said, like this just doesn't quite feel right. It's an awareness, but you you tell yourself, oh, it's, it's not really painful. It just feels a bit tight, um, this and that. Maybe let's talk a little bit about, yeah, the different types of sensation that you might have with pain. Yeah, good. So I'm going to I'm gonna get a little bit of sort of pain geek on here just briefly. Yeah. I hope it doesn't bore people, but I think it helps to, for context of understanding why you might experience different feelings of pain. Yeah. And so I think it, it's worth breaking down the different types of pain. Yeah. And so there are, there are three main types of pain. So mm-hmm. there is what we call nociceptive pain. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that's pain caused by activation of nociceptors. Yeah. And I'll explain a little bit about that in a yeah. second. Then there's neuropathic pain, mm-hmm. and that's pain that's caused by damage of irritation and, ir- and irritation of nerves or neurons. Yeah. And that presents in a different sort of type of pain as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's then there's the nociplastic or the psychosomatic, some people may call it pain. Yeah. And that's really pain that's not caused by stimulation of the nociceptors, not caused by damage of the neurons, yeah. but really uh, developed or um, created by the brain yeah. um, in the absence of any really yeah. of any of any stimuli. Yeah. Right? So then and then within nociceptive pain, there mm-hmm. are two main types of nociceptive pain, or you can mm-hmm. break it up into two main categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can be decided by the kind of receptors that, mm-hmm. um, that, that, that uh, I guess, give the message up to the brain. Yep. Um, so, and it's probably nociceptive pain is probably the type of pain we most commonly associate with running injuries. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, it's not exclusively the case, but it's the most common type. If you, sure. you injure a muscle or you injure a tendon or you injure a bone, yep. usually that will lead to stimulation of a, of a nociceptor. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then that is the kind of pain that we'll get in the yep. state of, in the case of an injury. Yep. Now, and what then, happens at a brain level yeah. um, influences the perception of that pain still. Yeah. But, but the nociceptive pain... Um, yep has a couple of distinct characteristics. Yeah. So there are two kinds of pain pathways through nociceptors. So there's mm-hmm. your A-delta pathway, well, yeah. A-delta fibers, right? <laughs> you remember that? Now we're getting nerdy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's your C-fibers, right? Yeah. And I only say that because it's relevant because they do tend to transmit different kinds of pain. Yeah, okay. 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 So, and this is, so A-delta fibers, they're like your really fast response pain fibers. Mm-hmm. And they'll send a signal up to the central nervous system, so the spinal cord, which will then send a signal up into the brain. Yep. Uh, And then there are multiple parts of your brain that are then involved in processing that information. Yeah. uh, Including like the frontal cortex, which is the emotional side of it. So that influences your pain as well, as we know. Um, but they're typically the A delta fibers are typically responsible for your 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 quite sharp, strong, quite specific type of pain. Yep. Yep. And then your C fibers, they're much slower. They're mm-hmm. unmyelinated. So the yep. message, that means the message doesn't travel as quickly yep. along yep. them. I think it's like two meters a second or something okay. like that. Yep. And so uh, stubbing your toe is a good example of, of, um, of this kind of pain response where yeah. you get that delayed yep. pain. Yeah. So you stub your toe and then you know it's going to hurt and a second yep. later it hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they tend to produce more dull, a little bit more vague, hard to localize kind of pain. Yeah, gotcha. And so that's how... Pain, one of the ways pain can present uh, differently depending on the kind of injury or nociceptor that you stimulated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, And then I guess I'm just trying to think of like a few examples maybe on my own which maybe may help other people make sense of it. So maybe like an example of your your delta fibres which are sending, you know, the faster signals, you know, they might be involved in things like where, yeah, maybe you – you know, late in a session, you're fatigued and you start doing some faster reps or something. And maybe you're just like under that fatigue state, muscles are starting to get a little bit tired, not functioning as well. And you get like a little muscle tear. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, would it be, uh, what do you think actually with say, say when a runner's got, um, you know, pain that you might be suspicious of it being bony, would you say that um, that's more of your your delta fibers as well that's involved in that sort of transmission, or would it be some of the slower stuff as well? It can be both, can and be it's both. hard to yeah. differentiate between yeah. the two. Bony pain does have its kind of characteristics though that you look for, yeah. and it does yeah. tend to be more sharp, yeah. strong, more localized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you're looking at things like night pain, for example. Yeah. So yeah. there are other factors you're looking at. But unfortunately, it'd be lovely if it was easy to be that categoric, but it just yeah. isn't quite yeah. that simple in terms yeah. of which type of injury will stimulate which type of nociceptor. Yeah. What is worth saying, though, is that the nociceptors are stimulated by three by three different things. Yep. So they're stimulated by temperature. Yep. So if something is hot or cold, so it's yep. obviously like you touch a hot plate yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you want to pull away because yep. it's hot. So they're yep. temperature sensitive. Mm-hmm. Then, they're, they're, then they're mechanically sensitive. What that means. So like by strain or push or pull or compression. Yep. So yep. that will stimulate them as well. Mm-hmm. And then they're chemically stimulated as well. And yeah. then that's relevant because 
if you injure an area and then you get an inflammatory response. Yeah, yeah. And that can often then be responsible for some slightly delayed pain. Yeah, yeah, got well. you, got and you. And so if you get a chemical response yeah. from the inflammation, yep. that will also stimulate the nociceptors. Yep. And yep. then that's where anti-inflammatories have a role to play from, play yeah. from a pain perspective. Yep. Some people think anti-inflammatories are analgesics and they're not really. They have an analgesic impact by reducing the, the inflammation, inflammation around yep. the tissue. Yeah. And thereby reducing the stimulation of yeah. the nociceptor. Yeah. yeah, that's probably a, another topic to to address as well as kind of the management. But I think now that we've we've got you know a bit of an idea of you know these types of pain and maybe some of the characteristics of them. Probably the other really important thing that you're you're looking at or listening to or asking questions about to to kind of get to the bottom of like. Yeah, where's this pain coming from and what's causing it is more the the nature of it. So, um, you know, particularly if you're out running, when did you notice it on the run? Was it Mm. like, was it from the first steps at the start of the run? Was it not there at the start and then halfway through? You just, you can't really pinpoint a time where it started, but it just, you just gradually became more aware of it. Or did it happen really suddenly at some Mm. point in the run, like really sudden sharp pain? Um, you know, was it just in one spot? All of these questions around, yeah, what we would call the nature of, of the pain. Um, do you want to maybe dive into talking a little bit about some of those nature factors and then maybe what they, t- what, what they tell us or what they might tell us about, you know, where's this pain coming from? Yeah, for sure. And so you're right, there is different types of pain or nature mm. of pain and they can give us some warning signals mm-hmm. or they can give us some pictures. Yeah. Again, the difficulty is that pain can be inherently unreliable <laughs> because of so much that's going on up here, yeah. up in your head and, yep. and, what, um, and what influences that at a subconscious brain level but yep. also at a conscious brain level. Yep. So they, again, unfortunately, pain's an unreliable sign at times but there are warning things that we can get from sure. there, there are signs. And so sure. like the type of pain that, that tends to warm up mm-hmm. once you get going. So yeah, like you said, you're first couple of steps or maybe your first couple of Ks typically are sore. Yep. That's also the case sort of in the morning as well. So you get yeah. out of bed yep. and you've got you've, you've got soreness somewhere um, mm. and then after a few minutes of walking it tends to ease off. Yep. So we'd, yeah, we'd call that a kind of pain that I guess that, that warms up and eases. Yep. Uh, and so that, again, it's difficult to be categorical, but that can be a kind of pain that perhaps is okay to continue to run through. Yeah. Right? Yep. If you if it does warm up and after a few kilometres you're able to run freely and normally, mm-hmm. yep. then perhaps that's an okay pain to continue running yeah. through. A good example of that, of that really warm-up pain would be a tendon issue. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, you know, an Achilles tendon's a common one there. Yep. So you start running, your Achilles is sore, yep. it warms up, yep. and then as the run progresses you tend to feel okay. Yeah. On a longer run, sometimes it can go full circle and start to get sore again. Yeah, yeah. And so we may say that's an okay pain to to run through. Yeah. But but it's also important to look at well, what what's the flow on effect from that pain after you stop running? Yeah. And what's what's the context around it? Like, are you outside of that? Have you have you taken steps to try and manage it? Have you reduced the amount that you're running? Are you doing, you know, strength training and stuff like that? Yeah. So that might be, that's kind of a contextual thing of whether is it okay mm-hmm. or should we should we be, um, you know, maybe making some other decisions about uh, about managing that. And on, um, and on that, like I think yeah. that's where it's important because it's okay. We don't have mm. to be pain-free all the time without yeah. running. It's yep. not the expectation that we're always pain-free. Yep. Um, because it's probably as runners, it's unrealistic. Yep. You know, yep. we're often running through little niggles, and we can't stop running every time we get one of those because we yeah. probably literally never be running. Yeah. And so, but that's when you might look at, okay, well, what's it like two hours after I've run? Yeah. You know, yep. if you've got that tendon that allowed you to warm up and get through the session, what's it like two hours after? And even mm-hmm. better, what's it like the next day? Yeah. And is yep. your pain significantly flared the following day? Yeah. And so, if it's really sore the following day, yeah. Um, and you've clearly regressed, well, mm-hmm. that means that particular session that you did or that particular run that you did was was too much. Yep. You overloaded yep. that tendon in that case. Yeah. And so you got to learn from that. So even yeah. though it warmed up and you're able to run through it, mm. that you, you probably shouldn't have done. Yep. And so you learn from that. But equally, if you, if it warms up and then it starts to feel okay, and then mm-hmm. by the next day that settled itself back down again, and you feel yep. like you're back to baseline. Yeah. Then that's probably a sign that you that that's okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Run run through that pain initially. Yeah. Um. And um. It's a good indicator of how you pull up. I like that. How you pull up the following day is often yep. a better indicator yep. than 
what you feel while you're running. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And and sometimes where where when we're trying to do something to get you know pain to to improve, getting symptoms to improve in general, you know, often we're we're looking for those symptoms to drop, 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 drop. So if we're looking at pain, we might be like, well, you know, if it was a say it's like a, a five out of ten or a six out of ten. And then, and then now, you know, a couple of months later, you do the same thing and it's two out of 10 and you're like, okay, well, that's positive progress with tendons in particular. And maybe we might also talk briefly about maybe some of the things like, cause inflammatory conditions can sometimes also have a bit of that sort of sore at the start warms up a little bit behavior as well. But, um, I think it's a good point to note is that when we're managing pain, um, it doesn't always uh, improve linearly. So you can have these little peaks and troughs. So we're looking for trends, but not necessarily like a perfect, you know, it was six out of 10 yesterday, it's five out of 10 today, it's four out of 10 mm. tomorrow. Or it's like, you know, it's five out of 10 at the start of the run, it's two out of 10 at the end of the run. All of these perfect sort of like linear uh, decreases, um, probably a good point to, yeah, to look, make as I'd well. I'd say not only does it sometimes not progress linearly, it almost yeah. never <laughs> progresses never, linearly, yeah. right? And yeah. so, yeah, you can't really judge it on on one day to the next. Yep. You've got to look at over a, a bigger picture or a bigger or a bigger time frame than that. Definitely. Of and course, though, still respecting if you have a particular incident or run that really significantly yep. flares you, well, you've still got to learn from that run yeah. and adjust your future runs accordingly. Yeah, and that's actually a good point because sometimes when we do flare it, um, that can be that can create a lot of anxiety. Like. Oh, shit I've like I've I've screwed it up like I've gone backwards now and that's not always the case either we, we expect sometimes you get these flare-ups and it's like what we were talking about right at the start is is that pain is is often a, a warning sign um, it doesn't you know a lot of the time yes it's almost certainly going to have started with some kind of tissue damage um, but that might not be the only factor playing into it so not always necessarily cause for like panic mm-hmm. and oh, it's all over. I've got to rest mm-hmm. and start again. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's just that particular activity, we were probably not quite ready for that. We haven't taken a step backwards. We just probably don't want to take another step forward at this point. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to progress at that point. But absolutely, this again, there are so many factors that might go into yeah. that. Uh, the fact that that particular run mm. felt like it flared you up, right? Yep. And so it may be something you wouldn't even think of, like you got injured on that same running track previously yeah. yep. and you're running that same route and at a completely subconscious level, yep. your brain picks up yep. some level of, of, I guess you want to call it warning sign from the nociceptors, mm-hmm. but it might be at a really low intensity. Mm. But then it looks at the environment that you're in yep. and it recognises, oh, well, last time this happened, mm. um, I ran. I was actually in the same environment. I was running mm. on this track, or I was running through this route, and I actually had a really significant injury episode, mm. and that caused me lots of stress and trauma and anxiety. Yeah. And so then your brain then gives a disproportionate yep. pain response yep. in within your tissue. Yeah. And so that's re- that's kind of the really funky, cool, crazy, scary stuff about pain mm. is that so many of those other factors, like previous experiences, will influence the pain perception yep. or the pain that you feel and it's again it's therefore not a great indicator because it could literally just or it could be that your stress levels were a bit higher on that day mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. didn't sleep very well that night something's mm-hmm. going on at home or work's busy or stressful yep. and those factors can then influence not the um, a level of tissue damage that you're mm-hmm. getting but the level of pain that you're feeling yep. and so they're they're not necessarily proportionate so just because you have a flare-up on a particular run or on a particular mm-hmm. day it doesn't necessarily mean that you have further exacerbated the tissue. Yep. And especially if you've had that pain for a longer period of time, it becomes mm-hmm. a very poor indicator of whether you've yeah. damaged uh, the tissue significantly or not. Yep. Yeah, yep, definitely. Um, yeah, ten- tendons is a whole probably topic on its own, but um, that's probably a good example of you know pain that you know peaks and troughs, um, warms up. Um, uh, what about other sort of inf- like pain that's coming from inflammation because sometimes inflammation pain can also have a similar, not the same, but a similar uh, behavior in that it might be worse to start with and then it warms up and then we kind of sit down, stop, and then it gets, and then we go stand up again. It's, it's, it's worse again as well. Yeah. Any, any differences other than perhaps 
like the location of the pain um, between something that's more of a pain coming from inflammation versus pain that's coming from a tendon. I think, yeah, there's a couple. I think you said location. That's a good sign. Yeah. I think tendon pain typically is much more localized and specific. Yeah. Yeah. So we do expect with a tendon issue that you should be able to really point pretty accurately to where that where that pain is yeah. and it shouldn't be a vague pain. Yeah. Whereas inflammatory pain can be much more vague yeah. Yeah. Uh, and hard to localize. Yeah. And so if someone comes in or if you're looking at yourself and like, oh, it's painful somewhere and it's sort of, it does have that warm-up kind of behaviour, mm. well, if it's really difficult to know exactly where it is, it's, mm. it's probably not going to be coming mm. from a tendon. Yep. Um, maybe one other uh, indicator is that we spoke about, yes, the, te- the fact that tendons warm up mm-hmm. and so can inflammatory issues. Inflammatory mm. issues tend to take a much, much longer yeah. to warm up. Yeah. So yeah. if it's first thing in the morning, for example, mm-hmm. and you've got an inflammatory condition... Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not within five or ten minutes that it then starts to ease. Yeah. It could be within a couple of hours. Yeah, yep. and so uh, that's and and the same goes with running. It might take much much longer for it to warm mm. up when you're running than mm. than just one or two k's. Yeah, uh, and so that's probably another nice little indicator there as yep. well. Yeah, one yep. other thing you touched on before, just in terms of type of pain that mm. I think you're looking for is then you've got that really more sharp specific. Pain, yeah, very yep. localized, yep. quite strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, that's a pain that you're probably automatically going to listen to a little bit more or yeah. be guided by yep. a little bit more, <laughs> and probably for a reason. That can yeah. be a good indicator of bone issues, for example. Yeah, right? yep, yep. And so, bony stress. If you've got something that's re- an area that's really difficult to weight bear on, mm. that is quite specifically and localized, sharply painful. Mm-hmm. Um, Perhaps is giving you night pain is yeah. another good sign yep. of, of bony pain. That's some of the things you're looking for from in terms of natural pain. That's mm. an indicator for bo- indicator for bony injury. Yeah, uh, and clearly, if you're considering or worried about a bony stress response, mm-hmm. then you need to be really, really conscious and cautious <laughs> about the amount of load you're going to continue to put yeah. through that. Yeah, and you know, from personal experience, it's uh, and, and you know, they make memes about this these days, which is it's a uh, it's the first first panic panic stations when something hurts is it's it's a stressy and that's uh (laughs) certainly the case for me Mm -hmm. um but also i think um unfortunately you know people that have had bone stress injuries or or stresses as they're called or stress fractures um often there's a history of them as well um so you know of course at some point you know someone that has repeated stress fractures or stress injuries they will have had a first one um and it may not be it may be pretty unfamiliar um but in terms of we've talked about pain that warms up um maybe pain that gets worse would you say like with bone bony stress injuries um you know if you're out for a run would you generally say that it's getting worse or staying about the same i have some ideas on this but be interested to hear what you think too yeah i I think certainly at 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 best yeah not just staying the same not getting better yeah staying consistent yeah um and quite often getting worse as well yeah yeah so they they don't they don't warm up they don't settle and typically the more you run on them the more sore they become yeah uh but again, mm. again, pain's not a great indicator. So yeah, there are yeah. ways that you know you you might be tricking your brain and vice versa. Yeah. But that's yeah. typical, right? Yeah. I'm interested to hear your thoughts, though. But yeah. I think, yeah, I think typically at the very best, not getting better or getting yeah. worse. Yeah, and it probably has a little bit to do with location and severity as well. But you know, I've I've had uh, you know or have gone on to you know have diagnosed bone stress injuries that um, you know at times. Um, you know, have just gotten worse and worse as you run. Um, at other times have, you know, maybe not completely gone away but warmed up quite a bit and I think maybe probably made some mistakes along the way interpreting that, oh, it's warmed up so it can't be a bone mm-hmm. bone stress injury but then, you know, it then does go on and get, get worse. Um, but it, not always, uh, my experience at least with bone stress injuries is that they sometimes can – they've got the same general characteristics, um, which is that you – it doesn't maybe completely go away, but sometimes it goes away more than other times. Um, sometimes 
you you actually like you look back on it and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I probably got the warning signs for this probably a week or two ago. But then I've also had times where I've got maybe one or two days warning, t- warning signs. Um, so it can be a tricky one. Mm. I think too anecdotally at least mm. and again you can you can talk to this specifically yeah, because yeah. you've been through plenty of them yeah i think the more distal which means sort of further away from from your trunk so down towards yep. your feet yep. the more distal stress fractures probably particularly are a little bit more obvious yeah tend to behave a little bit more like we were saying before yeah so you know a stress fracture somewhere in your foot yeah um whereas the stress fractures or the stress responses that are more proximal so mm-hmm. closer to your trunk maybe yep. around your sacrum for example yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they can be a little bit less specific. Yep. Uh, and perhaps don't follow the pattern quite as clearly as what yeah. the ones down the foot do. Is that what you experience? Yeah, not? actually, no, that's I hadn't really thought about it that way. Um, but you yeah, know, I would say you're probably right. And I know particularly with, as you said, the more distal or further away, like down towards your feet you get. Um, generally, particularly in your in your feet blood supply isn't as as great down there it's just a um it's a it's a tight region with a lot of bones and you know a few muscles and just generally not much space um so i wonder whether like you know issues around blood supply might have an influence Uh, that that's Mm. it's just a it's just a question I, i don't think i don't think we could possibly say whether that's true or not but yeah i wonder if that's maybe part of it yeah and i think if you're experiencing any of uh anything mm. that you might suspect is a bony stress i think the other mm. factor is that around the feet mm-hmm. there tends to be less things that will refer specifically into the feet mm. so usually it's it tends to be a little bit more localized and you can be mm. clear if you've got pain like right on the base of your of your fifth toe for example mm-hmm then it's often clear as certainly as a therapist mm-hmm. uh, and you can be guided as a, as a runner as well that yep. that's probably a quite likely something bony. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas if you've got something up around your sacrum again, mm-hmm. there's so many things that can refer into that area. Yeah, so yeah. it's really much more complicated. Yeah. So that's when you probably do need to make sure you're seeing someone who um, who you trust, who you yeah. know can um, yeah. give you some good advice because it could be coming from your lower back. It could be yep. coming from your hip. Yep. Um, it could be... Um, it could be ligament related or joint yeah. related, not necessarily. Yeah. And when I remember when you had your sacral stress, we had these mm. conversations, and yeah. it wasn't necessarily yeah. abundantly clear initially. No, what it was, no, and so no. um, I think those again more proximal ones—they're a bit more cloudy for that reason as well. Yeah, and I think that's you—you you raised a really good point. Is that you know we can have this conversation here and share it with you all about pain and how we how we perceive it, what it means, um, but you know as experienced as you are, Simon, you've been working as a physio for probably longer than you, you care to admit to. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's way more to understanding what's going on than just knowing about the pain and the behaviour of the pain. And, and um, in order to address it appropriately, my my advice and and you would be the same um is always to get an opinion early on um before you know the earlier you address something um often the the quicker you can get can get some resolution or get the problem to resolve usually the longer you wait before you do something about it or seek help often it means a longer a longer recovery time as well yeah for sure obviously the longer you leave it the more chance there is that that Injury may worsen if yeah. you haven't if you haven't addressed it appropriately. Yep. Uh, and so and it's just so hard to be objective on yourself. Yeah. And you yep. and I get this as as physios <laughs> and yeah. runners of yep. different levels of runners, of course. But um, uh, it's so hard to be objective on your yeah. own injury, yeah. and and also it's so hard to manage things properly because you've got so many other emotions that come yeah. into your decision making process. Yep. So you need somebody else who can actually be that objective head for yeah. you. Now you've got to stop running here. You yeah. can't. You can't be running through this. Yeah, yeah. Because somehow. Even you and I, who should know better, yep. you manage to convince yourself that it's okay to run through it, right? Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. And every yeah. run has gone through that. Yeah. And so, yeah, you just need someone in your corner who can give you the advice that you need in order yep. to protect yourself from yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, a good point to make. Um, going back, I guess, a bit to still to the nature stuff, and we've kind of touched on some bony stuff. We've touched on some tendon stuff. Um, what about like? I'm thinking particularly when we're thinking muscles, that's obviously a big part of, of running is we're using our muscles to move ourselves through space. But, um, you know, one 
one sort of type of muscle pain which we're probably we've all experienced at some time is is DOMS mm-hmm. um, or delayed onset muscle soreness mm-hmm. or delayed DOMS as Joel might might say or or, <laughs> or some variation but delayed um, delayed onset muscle soreness yeah 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 <laughs> um, DOMS soreness um, but um, you know that maybe talking a little bit maybe about that type of pain um, maybe pain from a muscle that's come from like a tear. Um, I, you know, examples that I think may be worth talking about is, is around the calf because we've got, you know, your, your, your big sort of outer gastroc muscle and then you've got your deeper, um, if not, and, and, and potentially more important, deeper soleus muscle. Um, sometimes they, that, if you look at just gastroc and soleus, their pain might, might vary a little bit, um, Dom's obviously is a slightly bit different as well. Maybe um, maybe share some thoughts on yeah pain that's coming from muscles. Yeah, and so um, sometimes muscle injury pain can be the easiest to manage and diagnose, mm. or not necessarily manage, but the easiest to diagnose because mm. a muscle tear mm. is usually quite obvious. Yep. Um, and kind of the good news about a muscle tear is you really just can't run through it. Yep. Um, and that's a good thing in lots of ways because again, mm. getting back to tendons, one of the one of the good things about tendons is that maybe you can continue to train yeah, through them, yeah, but yeah. that's also one of the bad things about tendons <laughs> is that you can you can continue to yeah, train through them, right? Yeah. Whereas a muscle tear, you really can't run through a muscle yeah. tear. You can't generate the power through that muscle yeah. to then pull through the tendon, yeah. to then pull through the bone, to then yeah. move the joint, right? Yeah. You just haven't got that ability. So muscle tear is relatively black and white, exactly. DOMS is then, as you said, delayed, delayed onset muscle soreness. It's <laughs> for you, Joel. Uh, it, uh, it clearly, as the name suggests, and as many people have experienced, is something that comes on typically the day after running. Yeah. Often it's worse the day later again. Yeah. So you run on the Sunday, you've got, the, you've got DOMS on Monday. It's often yeah. worse by the Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. And that's where after a big race you might be walking downstairs sideways <laughs> or backwards or falling onto the toilet or... There was um, definitely some DOMS for me after that Port Ferry 10K. <laughs> it was good to see that actually. I, I appreciated that. That even the great ones get DOMS. That's actually nice to know as well for all yeah. of us plebs out there. Um, it's always nice to see Dave limping around for, for that reason as well. Yeah, good type of pain. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think a lot of us will know when it's DOMS. It's yep. that more generalized muscle soreness, often in our larger muscle groups, mm. so commonly in our quads. Yeah. Um, Calves, yeah. glutes. Yep. Uh, again, uh, noticeable the following day, even worse the day after, and then typically mm. starting to improve by yep. the, the third day. Yep. Um, and it's very generalized. There's not really aching at rest. There's aching when you contract the muscle. Mm. Um, so again, they're probably um, a reasonably easy one to pick up on, although yep. they can mimic other muscle injuries that you yeah. obtained from yeah. that, say, race or hard session yeah. that yep. you don't pick up on because of the DOMS. But yeah. hopefully after a few days you'll pick up on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and I guess that's a good point is that sometimes you can have two things going on at once. You might yep. have some DOMS and may, maybe there is like a, a small tear there or something yeah. as well. So. And then I think then the third one, which is really, really common for runners and particularly mm. as you're ramping up your load, mm. is just that just general muscle tightness and soreness, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and that can build to a point that yeah. it's actually not just mildly irritating, it's actually yeah. quite debilitating. You yeah. can't run freely yep. because of how tight your muscles are getting. Yeah, yep. And that's not necessarily uh, an injury per se, but again, it is still your brain's way of warning your body yeah. that um, there is something going on. I'm receiving some signals here. That I want to yeah. let you know that the muscles aren't really coping with what's going on at yeah. the moment. Right? Yeah, and I think that's a, um, again, it's probably a topic for another another episode, but that sort of pain where it's, it's actually not really that bad um, and it's, you know, we don't necessarily have to make huge, huge adjustments to manage it. But I think what it does tell us, um, and that, that might be that what we talked about earlier, which is that sort of that stiffness feeling that you have. So it's, it's uncomfortable, but it's not like that, that sharp, sharp ache or pain that, that we've been talking about. But I think it does indicate a mismatch mm-hmm. between the amount of stress that we're putting on that tissue 
and the ability of that tissue to withstand that stress and then also to recover from it in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost like a yeah a mismatch between capacity and an imposed load. Yeah. Um, and so I, I know certainly from my experience, you know, it's been, you know, if I'm honest, it's been a long, long time since I've had a completely 100% pain-free run. Um, but, you know, I can I can go through a whole year and 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 stay injury free and have little niggles, which are probably more of that. Um, the tissue is able to withstand it, but it would probably help if it was a little bit stronger. Yeah, I think, yeah, we have to accept that we are going to be go- running through mm. discomfort in our legs yep. if we're running a fair bit. Yep. I think that's yep. inevitable and it's unrealistic to think you're going to feel fresh yeah. as a daisy every time you yeah. get out there and run, right? And yeah, so, I mean, when was the last time you heard Joel or Brett talk about a, a week where everything felt fantastic? And, I mean, Brett, great example, still, you know, in weeks leading up to his Australian marathon, mm. um, you know, training was hard, training was was tough. Achilles still putting pepper, <laughs> pepper yeah. uh, patches on his, on his Achilles to get yeah. it through. Yeah, and I think we might touch on this in, in, in a little while, but that's just that ability for your attitude towards pain to influence yep. what you can do. And some, yeah. of, some of the elite guys like you and Joel and mm. Brett, they've got this quite high pain threshold and this yeah. ability to train and run through what is a pretty uncomfortable body. Yeah. Um, and especially at that elite level, like you just, the reality is at the elite level, you are pushing yourself right yeah. on the threshold. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, it would be great if you could pull back off that threshold a bit. Yeah. Injury risk would clearly reduce. But the yeah. reality is that's what the elites do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's a it's another good point and, uh, to address is that those factors that can influence that experience of pain is that often, you know, if adrenaline's rushing and you're going, you know, say you're in a race and you're going really, really hard, things can sometimes feel fantastic because it's almost like this cognitive overload mm. and you, your body can only... Um, process so much information and most of that information could very well just be the discomfort of the the effort level breathing hard your heart rate skyrocketing um you know lactate accumulating all of these things that just it's an it's a whole another kettle of fish when we're talking about pain but um can also have an influence on you know the pain that we we want to be you know taking notice of and, and being careful of in terms of injury type pain. For sure. And just to round off that discussion around that muscle soreness and, and mm-hmm. understanding we, ha- we are going to have to run through that at times, mm-hmm. that's again just finding that balance. So yeah. our, our, our muscles are constantly going through a state of stress and repair and stress yep. and strengthening yeah. as we do put them through micro trauma yeah. all the time. Yep. And so that's normal, right? Yeah. When your body yep. is going through this state of stress, micro trauma, repair, strengthening, yep. that is what training is. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so that's fantastic because yeah. it means you're getting fitter and stronger yeah yeah um, but you've got to listen to your body there yeah and and know when you're pushing the stress side of it a little bit too yeah. much and your yeah. body's not keeping up with the repair and strengthening side of it quite enough definitely and then there are the all then there are the things that you can you can do to aid that process yeah right? yeah and so you can aid the recovery process yeah. yeah and that again is a big topic in in itself but it is doing things like um whether it be some adequate stretching um, mm-hmm. after after a run, yeah. whether yep. it be cooling down adequately, yeah. um, uh, whether it be getting a massage, yeah, whether yep. it be doing some foam rolling at home of an evening, yeah, yeah, whether it be getting into an ice bath or yeah. trying heat, yeah, um, and it is about doing those things to Just aid to keep your you, yeah, keep you going exactly, yeah. keep yourself going yeah. and aid the recovery side of things a little bit. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think that's and important. It, and I think just so people don't get the wrong idea about it, those things generally we're doing those to, I guess, have an influence on the pain. They're not necessarily going to be the answers to to managing an injury and and. Um, you know, uh, repairing an injury, mm-hmm. um, you probably have to take it a step further and and start talking about strength training and and building capacity and tissues. But on a day to day basis, on a micro basis, those things can be the difference between you know being able to get out for a run or mm-hmm. being able to complete a gym session. Um, is just having you know those those little impacts on 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 pain and 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 what you can do in the moment. Mm. I'm going to throw a little spanner in the works there as well <laughs> in terms of um, you're right, the big thing we aim, to, aim for often for injury prevention is, is mm. strengthening and getting mm. ourselves stronger and I know you're a big proponent yeah, for that with your yeah. own experience. Yeah. 
to throw a spanner works. The evidence around that at the moment is not that strong. <laughs> the, yeah, there's there's literally there's particularly in uh, running. You know, there's probably a little bit in more of like your yeah, popular sports like yep. football, but yep. there's actually no evidence that strength training reduces injury risk. No, and um, we all we all expose the values of yeah. it. But yeah, we'd actually haven't got the evidence, the empirical yeah. evidence to actually we, back that we, up. Common sense would would suggest, and we know that it it, it probably does. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe um, aspiring physios who want to do research—that's mm. probably an area <laughs> that we we absolutely don't know as much as we'd like to about it. Um, mm. But it's still a mainstay of, of our management strategy. Yeah. What what we do know though is that strength training does improve running efficiency and performance. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So if for nothing else, you you are going yeah. to improve your running of performance by doing strength yep. training. Yeah. Uh, so that's got to be a good thing. Yeah. Um, yep. it, we're not saying either that strengthening doesn't help reduce injury. We just haven't got the just evidence necessarily yeah. to say it does. Yeah. A lot of the studies that have been done, um, the compliance to the strength training is often mm. the big issue. Yeah. And so there was a study that was done just recently, and they did look at they they didn't the the group that did strengthening didn't get um, reduction in injury rates compared yep. to the control group, mm-hmm. but the, when they delved into it deeper. They the compliance to the strengthening, which was a pretty basic program, was really really poor in that study, yeah. and that's yeah. an important as well because you've got Sound, to make sounds sure you, like a lot of distance runners. Spot on, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's all of us, right? So if you're going to do it, do something that actually works, yeah. and do something that you know is going to work for you. Yeah. So yep. find a strength. Don't you know? Don't commit to doing an hour and a half of strengthening. Yeah. Um, five times a week, which is unnecessary yep. anyway. By yep. the way, but yep. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. When they looked at that research, and they actually then got a little subcategory of the group that did actually comply to the mm-hmm. exercises, who actually mm-hmm. did them. Yep. They actually did have reduced injuries. There you go. And so, um, it wasn't a statistically significant result, which yeah. means that they couldn't categorically say that it was the it was the case that yep. strength tra- strength training reduced injury. Yeah. But perhaps it was a little indicator that maybe yeah. it did. Yeah. And so, um, but again, at the very least. Do your strength training. It doesn't need to be multiple times a week. It can be mm. one to two times a week. And yep. I know you're down to two times a week now yep. as you're running more. Yep. That's that's perfectly adequate. Yeah. Um, I would say it's it's likely to reduce your chances of injury. Let's hope think, so. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> um, it will it will certainly improve your running efficiency yeah. and your performance. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably yeah. Again, we could talk we could talk another episode about strength training and things like that. Um, just briefly, because I think it's um, in the scheme of things probably a, a, a less common cause or, or source of pain. But we talked a little bit about before neural pain mm-hmm. um, and and the quality. You know what that actually what it feels like. Um, again, maybe not a, a really common source of pain in runners, but we also have a lot of runners that. Um, running's not their their sole profession, mm-hmm. um, so it might be people that are, are desk workers, um, you know, sitting in front of a computer a lot through the day. Maybe also uh, people that work more manual jobs, a lot of bending, um, heavy lifting, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes neural pain can stem back from from the back. Um, often often does. Um, might be related to some kind of pathology in the back. Might be some pathology, you know, where the the nerves are coming out. Could also be something more distal, but maybe just a quick um, quick delve into yeah neural pain. Yeah, so neural pain is again, um, unlike nociceptive pain, it is one of the other kind, one of the mm. other common types of pain. So neuropathic mm. pain, yeah. uh, damage to neurons and to nerves, mm. uh, and so yeah, perhaps less common uh, in in runners than your nociceptive injuries, like all pain, I should say, as we were talking mm. about before, mm-hmm. but but. What I see in private practice in non-runners, mm. it's a really, really common form yeah. of pain, and I'm yep. sure there's plenty of people listening that have experienced it. Yeah. Um, so typically, that a typical neural pain might be um, in in general terms or in layman's terms, a, a pinched nerve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, to be clear about that, it doesn't have to be a pinched nerve. That yeah. can sound like a really like catastrophic <laughs> event. Yeah, yeah. And that's possible. You know, yeah. it, that can happen, and yeah. and it, and it does need significant input potentially. Sure. But you can also get, say, chemical irritation of yeah. a nerve as well. Yeah. So you can get yeah. inflammation around a nerve that will yeah. cause the neurons to become irritated. Yeah. And so there are other factors as well that can, or other things other than compression of the nerve yeah. that can cause it. But the typical um, presentation. 
for a neural type pain mm-hmm. is it is often a burning kind of pain. Yeah. Yep. Um, it is often difficult to localize exactly where yeah. it where it is. Yep. yep. Um, and that is often because it's actually in a in a in a, in a larger area. Yeah. So it's yep. not pinpoint specific. It yep. tends to be a little bit more broad. Yep. Um, it can go hand in hand with pins and needles mm-hmm. and numbness. Mm-hmm. And so if you certainly if you've got pins and needles and numbness, that does suggest you, you're getting some um, mechanical irritation mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. nerve and so it's worth addressing that. Yeah. Um, and then the other sort of thing, it, it can often be um, worse peripherally. So it can mm-hmm. often be worse down lower in your leg. Yeah. Um, and so if, it's, if we're talking about lower back mm-hmm. uh, and you're getting irritation of a, of a nerve root from your mm-hmm. lower back, so the nerve mm-hmm. roots are the branches that come off the spinal cord yep. that then split and form the nerves themselves. Mm-hmm. And so if you're getting irritation, say, within your back into a nerve root, mm. then that will often send pain. If it's a, if it's what we call radicular referred mm-hmm. pain, without yep. wanting to throw to me big terms, yeah, around, yeah. but radicular referred pain, as you know, that shoot, sends a shooting, lancinating, yeah. very strong, yeah. um, highly painful pain down into the lower part of your leg yep. typically. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe not as common in the runner, but... Um, but yeah, knowing that runners are, are often more than runners, and they they're often, you know, doing other things that could have an influence. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a good point to make. And you can definitely get like peripheral nerve irritation down your leg as well, yeah. so around, around your ankle or through your foot. Yeah, that's absolutely common in runners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, uh, lot, lots of runners will have been, you know, have been to physios and been given like neural, probably heard of neural stretches. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, things to desensitize nerves, yeah, more peripherally. And certainly then issues with nerves, if we're going down Mm. that pathway, they can then impact upon the muscle. Yeah, right. So that might lead to to localized muscle soreness, localized muscle tightness. You can even get inflammatory responses um, down in your leg from a from from a nerve irritation removed from that area. Yeah. Um, And so yeah, you can certainly get a a pain referral or or Mm -hmm. a local response in Mm -hmm. in a tissue somewhere in your leg Mm -hmm. um, from what's going on in your back, but equally from maybe an irritation of a nerve in your ankle or something as well. But when you're getting that referral um, through the main nerves from your back, that's when you will be given those neural lighting exercises to try and calm down um, the response of those nerves. Yeah, very good. Um, I'm conscious of the time. Um, We're going to see if we can squeeze this in under an hour, Um, but maybe probably a couple of things to to just summarise. And we've kind of touched on on them a little bit, but um, maybe firstly just going back to, you know, when there is pain, um, when should we seek help? Yeah, again, big, big question, right? <laughs> yeah. Because the reality is, like we said before, as yeah. runners, we yep. experience niggles really, really often, Yeah, right? And so you can't be necessarily, it's not realistic if perhaps you haven't got the physio yeah. on your speed dial yeah. or you're yep. your health professional on the yeah. speed dial, yep. you can't necessarily be, be seeking advice with every bit of pain that you feel. Yeah. Um, and so that can make it difficult. But it's also then again worth remembering, again, it's very difficult to be objective on ourselves. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so I would, I would say then um, it doesn't have to be your physio mm-hmm. or, again, mm-hmm. your, your sports doc or your yeah. podiatrist or whatever it is that yeah. you rely upon. Yep. Um, it might be your partner or your, or, or your good running mate. Or your coach. Or your coach. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Who can be a more of an objective ear. Yeah. So tell yeah. them what you're experiencing yeah. Yeah. and get their advice as to whether they think you should seek yeah. some further advice. Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. I, I think back to, you know, before I was a physio, I, I, I sometimes joke that I did a 15-year apprenticeship in physio before mm-hmm. I actually became one, yep. um, which is to say that, you know, uh, it, and, and, I, and I coach as well and, and a lot of my colleagues who coach um, will have been through a lot of these experiences and, and know a lot of, uh, I guess, the, you know, the the warning signs and, and what pain is, you know, should be checked out and which ones you can manage. You know, for my, for, for my two cents, I think, um, if it's a familiar pain that you've had before that you've previously had diagnosed and managed and it's in a similar spot um, or it's during a current um, episode of a pain that you've already had diagnosed and managed, you don't necessarily have to get it checked out every time it hurts um, if, you've, if you've had some input beforehand. But if there's ever any confusion or doubt, that's usually, usually better 
to seek help earlier because it usually means you achieve a good outcome quicker yep. than if you delay and um, and it may take longer to resolve that pain and, and get yeah, back to it. I think that's it. a key thing. The sooner you get onto it, hopefully, the more quickly it can resolve. A couple yeah. of little, um, little rules, I think, or not mm. rules, a couple of little suggestions that can help, I think. Mm. Clearly, the stronger, sharper pain. Yep. Um, that that alters your running biomechanics. Yeah, so if you've yeah, got a pain that yep. you are you aren't able to run naturally through, then yeah. I think that's a really good sign to say, "Oh, this needs to be addressed." Yeah. It's going to lead to other problems if I don't address it. Really, really, really good point. Um, and so, and again, that's something that I, you know, just last year went through and and probably resulted in my ro- most recent injury was running through a niggle and and just altered mechanics for probably two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good point is that, again, it's like what's the risk and reward? Um, you know, maybe you can run through something, but what's the impact on everything else in your body? Yeah. And then my other little one is, even if it is just a little niggle, yeah. if it's new and unfamiliar like you said before, and then if it lasts for three runs in a row. Yeah, yeah. So... If it's lasting three runs in a row, it's probably mm-hmm. not a passing thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's one run. Maybe you'll just grant yourself an opportunity. Okay, mm-hmm. it might have just been a bad day. Yeah. Two runs, mm-hmm. maybe you can convince yourself of the same. Again, yeah. as long as it's not a sharp pain that's altering your biomechanics. Yeah. If it's there on your third run, yep. then it's probably time to actually be honest with yourself and say, okay, this is something that needs yep. to be addressed. Yeah, fair um, call. Yeah, and again, again, I really reiterate, talk to trusted advisors, mm. maybe friends, partners, yep. coaches, yep. Um, if you're not sure, and then go and seek professional help then yep. after that. But, yeah, three in a row, yep. probably time to uh, have a chat to somebody. Yeah, pretty good advice. Yeah. Um, anything else, Simon, that uh, that I've missed that um, you think's worth sharing with the listeners? Um, I think there's I think there's lots that we could continue <laughs> yeah. to talk about. I don't know how much time we've got. But I think I, a thing that I find really fascinating to think about is just yeah. – the pain of running, yeah, and yeah. not not pain that we would perceive as being an injury, an injury, yeah, but just running can be bloody painful, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think it's a really fascinating area to think about. Well, what's happening, yeah, in our brain when we're experiencing that, yeah, when, when we're yeah that point where you're like, oh, I need to slow down or mm-hmm. I can't go any further. What's mm-hmm. going on there? Exactly, it's really <laughs> interesting, right? I've reflected on it and I've sort of. When I've been running, thought about it. I don't know that then I would describe it as as necessarily pain. Mm. I think it's just a really extreme discomfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. that's perhaps that semantics a little bit. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but it's it's not quite. You know, clearly, it's a, it is a different kind of pain, right? Yeah. Ultimately, though, it is still your brain's way of telling you that you are pushing your tissues yep. to a level that. Yep. Um, is challenging those tissues. Yeah, yeah. And it might be your lungs. It might yeah. simply be or it might be your muscles aren't quite getting enough yeah. oxygen. Yeah. So then it's your brain's way of telling you to slow down a little bit yeah. to get more oxygen to those yeah. muscles. Yeah. But then the, the cool game in all of this is then using the conscious part of your brain to yeah. then potentially overcome, overcome that, that yeah, which yeah. is what happens when we're running a hard run yeah. every single time. Yeah. It's that yeah. battle between... Some of the subconscious part of our brains telling yep. us to slow down, yeah. But then the conscious part of our brain telling us to know it's okay yeah. and and push through this. Or I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. But you you know you actually maybe you can. And yep. you know again it it opens up another can of worms and and uh, you know the role nowadays that. Um, uh, like mental health professionals mm-hmm. have in in from a performance mm-hmm. not well not only just a performance side but a um, yeah well being side and and you know circling back all the way to the start of this conversation about pain is that um, yeah you can have this this biomechanical um, tissue uh, related uh, incident or, or initiating um, factor. But then you add in all of the all of the circumstance, all of the emotion, all of the past experience, um, all of those layers of uh, yeah things that can have an influence on it. And that's where there can be a real role for uh, a sports psychologist or a mm. mind performance coach. Yeah, that I yeah. like to think of them as is yeah. is strategies to be able to overcome that. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. and I think that's what that's what training does. I think mm. training allows us to clearly get physiologically more fit. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it also then um, allows us to train our brain mm-hmm. and give us give us confidence mm-hmm. that we are actually able to push through yeah. this barrier of pain that you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. And I think 
that's a huge part of what actually running training provides. And one yeah. of the reasons you will race faster if that's what you're aiming to do yeah. is teaching your body yeah. and it's te- well, it's teaching your brain mm-hmm. that actually you can safely push through this 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 pain mm. um, in order to run faster or, yeah. or keep running. Yeah. Um, and it's and then and it's actually not going to cause you damage. Yeah. And so then it becomes a positive a positive feedback loop. So yeah. then the next time you go and race hard or run hard, yeah. there's part of you that's learnt from that experience, yeah. and you know that actually no, I can I can I can push through this. Yeah. yeah. I think clearly if we get back to elite runners again, mm-hmm. um, that's what one of the things they're they're particularly good at. Clearly yep. they're very fit and they've got talent, but they've got this ability to push themselves through a pretty yeah. significant pain barrier. Yeah, and I even think sometimes to, it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, well that's it. <laughs> I mean, and and it and it will waver again yeah, yeah. depending on the race or depending yep. on the mindset you've got at the time. Or yeah. but I think about like the World Cross that was on recently yeah. and the women's race with yeah. G'day. Yeah, G'day. Yeah, and she had this amazing ability. I think everyone felt like that. That mm. collapse of hers came from nowhere, yeah. and because on her face she looked relatively calm. There yeah. was a couple of the grimaces, yeah. but clearly internally, yeah. So I think she's got this amazing ability mm. to actually be able to put aside pain, yeah. and run through that, and actually still keep remarkably calm in the calm, face. Yeah, if it yeah. Was me, I wouldn't have been looking yeah. like that. Yeah, but yet then her body got to a certain point. Yeah, where I think. The subconscious part of her brain, well, physiologically, her body then just shut down. Yeah. And that yeah. came out of nowhere. So I think she's trained herself um, to be able to push through a really high pain threshold yeah. Yeah. Um, and be able to keep running. Yep. Um, it got to a point eventually with her where she, where she clearly <laughs> yeah. where was a bridge too far for her. Yeah. But the point being that, um, again, we learn from our experiences. And if you mm. have a positive run where it's painful, but the mm. outcome is positive, then the yeah. next time it occurs, you're more likely to be able, able to overcome it. Yeah, 100%. Anecdotally, we hear stories about Kipchoge and we, we often see him late in a race. He's got a bit of a smile on his mm. face as a almost like a, a counter to the pain. Um, not sure if that's actually true or not, but, um, yeah, often often we, we find ways. Yeah, we could just all channel our inner Kipchoge. We'd be <laughs> fine. Yeah. Simon, thanks heaps for uh, coming on the podcast. Um, I'm hoping that you've uh, uh, helped me to maybe get one more gig on this show before they fire me. But um, not so sure about that. But yeah, we'll, uh, but we'll see. <laughs> maybe, maybe not even you can save me. But um, maybe we'll get you on again sometime. Um, talk about uh, yeah some other some other considerations in terms of. Um, yeah, both performance and, um, but also just staying on our feet and and doing what we love. It's not always about performances. There's we run for all different reasons, and um, you know whether it's uh, you know the pain uh, managing pain so that we can perform, or managing pain so that we can get out the door and keep our our, our mental health mm-hmm. in check as well. Um, lots of topics to discuss. Yeah, mate, I love to appear at any stage. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for ha- having me on. Um, I think I think you maybe you might get a second gig. <laughs> uh, we'll have to we'll have to review afterwards. But yeah, thanks, mate. I, I appreciate you. I hope you got something out of it. And yeah, um, certainly did. Yeah, good good reflection points. Thanks, mate. See you guys. Cheers. <laughs>